0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. I firmly believe in revival. Today and all this week, I speak about revival in this nation, America. I recognize that people all across this world share in this devotion, and I apologize to you that I'm not speaking directly of your country, but I speak to the country in which this devotion originates, America, a nation that has reached the globe with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, a nation that has lent its generosity to the cause of freedom and liberty around the world. A nation that has so much, but also a nation that needs so much. I look today at Ezekiel chapters 10 and 11. Reminds me of that line from the Christmas carol, the hopes and fears of all the years. A combination of dread and anticipation, fear and hope, that's where we are. That's where the prophet was. In verse 18 of chapter 10, we read, Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple. And then fast forward to Ezekiel 11, verse 23, And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Ezekiel sees God's glory departing from Jerusalem, a fading glory. At the outset, I want you to know that contrary to what others believe, I do believe America is exceptional, it's special, it's atypical. It's an anomaly in the history of nations, an empire that relinquishes control of territory gained, an empire that leaves nations far better off than when we found them. Christopher Columbus believed the Holy Ghost guided him to this nation, that his expedition was God-directed spirit-led. I won't say in the ensuing centuries that all things were done correctly and everything could be condoned, but America has been a force for good. It seems that God has indeed worked through this nation. He had only been in the Continental Congress for one year, but June 11, 1776, Thomas Jefferson began to pen a document that is the nearest to every American's heart outside of the Bible. It was finished a few weeks later and brave men, patriots one and all, pinned their signatures to what amounted to a death warrant. Was America just another breakaway colony from the British empire that struggled on to become just another nation? Or was what happened on these shores something special, something glorious? The founders of this nation believed in American exceptionalism. It didn't come from backroom conspiracies, it came from the pulpits of America. The Puritans brought this concept with them to these shores. John Winthrop in 1630 preached the famous message, City Upon a Hill. In 1776, Thomas Paine echoed this same theme in the pamphlet that urged the American Revolution We have it in our power to begin the world over again, he wrote. A situation similar to the present hath not happened since the days of Noah until now. The birthday of a new world is at hand. That America could be exceptional, glorious. Founders believed America had a mission from God. A mission to spread the fundamental beliefs and understanding around the world. Abraham Lincoln in his December 1, 1862 message to Congress said that America was the last best hope of earth, that the hope of this world lay in America. Early Americans believed that they would usher in a Christian millennium, a thousand years of peace and prosperity in this world. But where are we today? Have we dealt falsely with our God? Has God withdrawn his present help from us, as he did in Ezekiel 10 and 11? I recognize that we are citizens of another world, that we are strangers on this earth, mere pilgrims passing through. And yet I pray for America to fulfill her glorious ideals. I am well aware that these founding fathers were all too human, filled with egos and jealousies and biases and strives. Even the man who wrote those incredible words that all men are free, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes, that man, even Thomas Jefferson, was not perfect, a slaveholder. And we know that America has not been the harbinger of justice and mercy to many that in achieving her so-called manifest destiny, atrocious things were done. Yet we also know that had it not been for America, all of Europe and perhaps the world would be under the cruel tyranny of dictators. We also know that had it not been for America, missionaries would not have carried this gospel to the known world. And yet as that French statement once said, If America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And goodness seems to be on the decline in our nation. By any measure you look at, America's glory has faded. The United States flag, as you are aware, is called old glory. And that flag has never been more tattered and faded. We hear politicians say the best days are before us, and we want to believe that but we are also incredibly concerned by the shape of our nation. And that returns me to the scripture that we read a moment ago. Ezekiel is the prophet in Babylonian captivity. He's been in captivity for a half dozen years. God takes him back in the spirit to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, where the glory of the Lord had filled Solomon's temple 500 years prior. But now Ezekiel sees the glory departing, a fading glory. When God leaves someone, as Ezekiel saw, it's only because that someone has left God. America's greatest sin today is that of forgetting God. The psalmist said it in the ninth psalm, verse 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God, all nations that forget God. Edward Gibbon was an English historian, a member of parliament. He was looking at the demise of the British Empire, but he wrote The Decline and the Fall of the Roman Empire. Interesting, I think, that the first volume of Gibbon's massive work was published in 1776. Gibbon gave five reasons for the decline of that great nation. Number one, destruction of a family. Number two, runaway taxes and spending. Third, pleasure and entertainment. Four, war machines and decadence. And the fifth, the decay of religion. Writing about the Roman Empire, you may as well have said, Rome forgot God. All nations that forget God. That's what the psalmist said. Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote about his own country, Russia. Over a half century ago, while I was still a child, I recall hearing a number of older people offer the following explanation for the great disasters that had befallen Russia Men have forgotten God. That's why all this is happening. When we forget God, whether it's America, Russia, whether it's in Israel or the Roman Empire, Italy, we live as if we don't believe God exists. We forget to speak his name. We substitute lesser things for him. We accept the world's culture and philosophies and reject the word of God. America has forgotten God, and the glory is fading. Oh yes, it's still the slogan on much of our currency and God we trust. We still see the word God printed here and there. But America has abandoned God. As Ezekiel saw God's glory move away from the holiest of holies, its typical abiding place for nearly a millennia, a thousand years, the prophet heard God speak to an angel and say this in Ezekiel 9, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it that even in the midst of fading glory, God recognized a remnant, a group of people. That's what Ezekiel called this group, a remnant who recognized that we cannot live without the presence of God. God will have a remnant in this world. He will have a remnant in this nation. As Ezekiel saw the glory of God lift from the holiest of holies, make its way to the threshold of the temple, he also heard God say to an angel, Go out into the city and single out those who sigh and cry over the sins of the nation. Mark them. God used the letter Tav to indicate their mark. The Canaanite version of the Hebrew letter that's in the shape of a cross. Put them under the cross if they sigh and if they cry. Put them under the scarlet thread of redemption. Spare them. When God's presence lifted from the holiest of holies, it journeyed to the threshold of the temple, remained there a while. Then the presence of the Lord departed from there and went to the eastern gate of Jerusalem. There the presence of the Lord tarried. Then the presence of the Lord departed to the mountain east of Jerusalem, looking down on the city. That would be the Mount of Olives. The Jews say that the visible presence of God remained on the Mount of Olives for some time, looking, watching, almost as if reluctant to leave, waiting for anyone to say, please stay. When glory fades, we attempt to hide it. Moses covered his face so that people would not see the glory of God when it left him. When the glory of God left Shiloh, a child was named Ichabod commemorating the fact that a generation had been born with a glory cloud shining upon them. My heart hurts for people who have never known, never seen the power of the glory of God. But it's not all bad news. When Ezekiel asked if God would spare the remnant that was sighing and crying unto him, God said in Ezekiel 11, there is coming a day that I will draw my people from the ends of the earth back to this land, back to this place of refuge. I will put a new heart in them. I will put a new spirit in them. There will be a people arise in the last day who will throw off this spirit of the age that we're fighting. They will not forget God. They will know their God, and they will do great exploits. They will rise up and see a revival sweeping this nation. For in the evening time, there shall be light. God is saving his best move of the spirit for these last days. America stands at a crossroads, and we must each choose. Will we be the ones who sigh and cry? Will we be the ones marked by heaven? Or will we go along with the majority? and see the glory completely fade. The choice is, as it's always been, yours and mine. As for me, and as for my house, I choose glory. I choose an awakening in America. I choose the greatest revival this world has ever seen. And I pray here on Daily Devotion, choose with me. Choose the glory of God. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.